0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mortz, and I am joined by my colleague, who I normally introduce and give a big rap to, but at the moment it's just so Dan. Dan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Good, Terry. You? Fantastic. Mate, look, this is
0: a big show tonight. We've got stats, we've got data, we've got comments, we've got feedback, and we've got discussion. Let's just jump straight into it. Mate,
1: I love it, but before we start, can I ask you a question? A very personal question.
0: You just did.
1: Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> Can I ask you a you question, know. Terry? Is 17 tackle breaks a lot?
0: It's nearly an overall record.
1: There we go. Thank you. Let's go. Let's get. Let's race through this. we only got 60 minutes. We've got an hour and a half of stuff to cover.
0: We do. Let's talk about it. The Cronulla Sharks have once again held the Newcastle Knights to a donut, beating them 18 points to the nil. Now, obviously, this isn't the Newcastle Knights of 2016. But, Dan, it's starting to feel
1: like the Cronulla Sharks of 2016. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth, Terry. I love the synergy, mate. Couldn't agree more. Friday night, it was a danger game, banana skin, whatever reference you want to use. We went in there on Friday and we said, nah, not this year, not under underserved fits, not happening, and we belted them senseless. Mate, I guarantee you that if we were still playing now, Newcastle still haven't scored a point. Yeah, that's
0: it exactly right there it felt like that if we went for another 80 minutes Newcastle weren't going to bother
1: us nope the only reason it was close is because the wind was blowing a fucking gale and Nico Hines is having the worst season at Shark Park he can be he'll be on he'll be on don't he? Yep. I, I,
0: I, I want to say this we played such an expansive game the week before in the wet we put it away for a bit of wind we were like now nah, we better play a bit, of up, a bit of one up this time but if you know to, to Fitz's credit, different teams have different game plans, and we didn't see that with previous coaches apart from Shane Flanagan. Um, but, you know, against the Dragons, he attacked the edges. Against this Knights team, he smashed them in the forwards.
1: He certainly did. And like, if you said, Dan, and I said yes, Terry, and you said, what's Newcastle's strength, I would say they're forwards. And Sir so Fitz said, fuck you. No, it's not. we need to destroy them up the middle. Or perhaps we are just better at their strength.
0: Yeah, I think the, the the good thing about it was, yeah, and you could tell what the game plan was, was to just draw as many of the Knights' plays in and make them play a compact, uh, you know, just defensive up the middle, and then try and stretch them where they weren't expecting it. You know, we were going three or four up, and then, you know, Hamlin Ueli, he's running deep into the line and ball playing it. Finucane's doing it as well, and we expect that from Finucane. But, I mean, even Aiden Tolman, was getting into the line and throwing an offload as well. Fafita tried it, and so that gave the space for Britton Okora, Talakai, Teague Wilton, and our wingers, man. Our wingers were absolutely phenomenal in this game.
1: They certainly were. Look, we were very on record as saying we want Ronaldo in the centres. Mate, he's a genuine point of difference out there on the wing. Some of those, I mean, that try set up, we went round 15 of them, kick back in for Kennedy. We've seen another less talented Ronaldo do something similar with his feet. Mate, I... I'm just—he's—he's he's our winger for as long as you know we have two centers standing.
0: What was what was really disappointing about this performance that we got from Ronaldo Mulatalo, Apart from that, he didn't get a try, but he made 239 meters, broke ten tackles, had a try, had two triesies, and he wasn't nominated by the NRL for the winger of
1: the week. It was just appalling. Who was the winger of the week? No, that no, let me let me guess. Let me think. No, no one was better than Ronaldo.
0: Talon May, again for the second week in a row, was voted as the winger of the week. I accept that, but the fact that he wasn't even nominated is the thing that, you know, really gets me
1: going. Was Katoa nominated? No. Marcelo
0: Montoya, (laughs) Xavier Coates, Talon May, and
1: Bailey Simonson. (laughs) Bailey Simonson. No, 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 no. Mate, I've often said we know better than the NRL, and this just proves it.
0: Yeah. It, it didn't sit well with me, but look, we, we're talking about the Knights forward pack and how we took it to them. Now we're talking about our our wingers. Let's talk about our wingers and Talakai. Sianni Katolau ran for two hundred and four meters. CC for Talakai ran for two hundred and twenty-three meters. Ronaldo Molitala ran for two hundred and thirty-nine meters, totaling six hundred and sixty-six meters between the three of them. The Knights' starting forward pack, including their hooker and their four bench players, three forwards and a backup hooker. Ran for seven hundred and thirty-two meters. They managed sixty-six. Oh, sorry, yeah, sixty-six more meters
1: than us. That's 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 a, that's ten players, Dan. That is absolutely ridiculous. Now, look, you most teams have one fullback or one winger that go big on the meters, like you know, a Brian To'o or a Dylan Edwards, you know, because of the workload, but. To have three across that back line, it's not like Ramion was sitting in the stands with his feet up having a pie and chips either. He played pretty damn well. All right, mate, those those metres, they don't shock me, but if you said your wingers and your centre are going to combine for over 600 metres, you take that every single week.
0: Now, Jesse Ramian added a casual 130 metres, and William Kennedy added 111 metres, which means our back five destroyed their forwards and their bench. That's Just insane. to show you the complete domination we had in this
1: game. That is absolutely insane. When you're top meter, like, don't get me wrong, it's good to have a forward that makes 150, 200 meters, but would you prefer, say, uh, Toby Rudolph making 200 meters or a center and see making 200 meters? You take the center every day because it often means a line break. Centers making more meters means you're... Your sets are starting quicker. The play the balls are quicker. There, there's some brilliant stats, Terry. Nowhere, nowhere's got the stats we do, mate.
0: Yeah, look, and, and I know, you know, they turn around and say yardage from your back five and from your centres. And, uh, you know, it, it's really important in this day and age. But this game showed it because every time they kick the ball, you know, Jake Clifford's got a huge boot on him, right? And Adam Clune's got a pretty handy boot on him as well. Also, Callum Ponger. Um,. But they were kicking the ball and it just felt like it was Chad Townsend kicking the ball because it just hit our players on the full, and we were able to get, you know, we were able to just march up the field and start our sets in good areas. And I'll say this, as well as CC Vitalik played, but imagine, like, if we somehow were able to get Connor Tracy into that back line as well, who we loves 150 metres a game.
1: Yeah, spot on. And the, the way we dominated field position is, like, if your winger catches the ball on the five and is, is destroyed right there. That's three to five seconds takes them to get up, play the ball. They're most likely in the corner, and the forwards just come in and just absolutely pound you. Takes you three tackles to make a decent dent. We're catching the ball and making 15 meters off every return. Quick play the ball because they're running at the players they have time to target. And then the next is on. And then the next is on. This is football that you see from the good teams. You know, the, the Melbournes, the Manly's of last year, the fast play of the balls. And that's purely, I know the stats were in the back line, but that's our forward's dominating. Because yep. they're, they're uh, Clifford, if you said to me, he's going to kick the way he did on the weekend, I would have called you crazy. He's got one of the three biggest boots in the competition. As he showed when he got onto one, and he kicked it halfway to fucking Miranda. I swear, I drove past Kingsway earlier, sitting on the sideline, went that far. But, Nico Hines has got an equally big boot, but he used the wind so much better. Look, don't get me wrong, there was a kick or two that went out. But, I mean, they were right down the middle. <laughs> Gus got him and put him into the stand. Like, I just, mate, I can't speak highly enough of this performance.
0: Yeah, and, and you're right there. Our forwards dominated, but our forwards dominated, didn't dominate him with their runs. Our forwards dominated with their defence because they were, they were struggling. They were kicking the ball on the 30-metre 30 line, 35, 40 metres. <laughs> I can't remember too many good attacking kicks. They put in, they put one, they put one attacking kick in, and Nico Hines read it. His fullback instincts got in, and then uh, Kaylan Ponger put that really crafty kick in for their winger, who not not Dominic Young, the other one, the Anari Tuilau, and he charged through and caught it. And, and uh, Katoa made a brilliant tackle, and, and Nakora gets the intercept. But other than that, like it just felt every time Newcastle. Had the ball attacking our line, I, I watching the game, I was like, well, how are they going to turn this over? Because they, they ain't going to score and we ain't kicking
1: off. No, exactly right. Now, can we just talk about Kalen Ponga for a second? This guy hates Cronulla. He must read I- our tweets and listen to our podcast. He comes out, he can literally shit himself inside out at halftime, come out and be the best player on the field. He hates Cronulla. We absolutely murdered him the other night. I looked and he had nine fantasy NRL points. I know that because I had him captain from a few weeks ago, and I forgot to take it off because he gives a fuck about NRL fantasy. But to keep Kalen Ponga, their best player, did nothing. Can you name one thing he did other than that kick? Oh,
0: yeah, look, lots of errors from Ponga. Now the errors aren't going to go against him, but he was throwing hospital passes, and their players were just getting smashed. And yeah, look, he looked like a guy who. Came back a week or two too early, and once the ambush was on, like 25 minutes into the game, when he realised that Cronulla was beating the shit out of him, he wanted no part of this game. And it happened to him a couple of years ago. He uh, he got the ball and Luke Lewis absolutely buried him under the goalposts, and he didn't want to play for the rest of that game. Every time the ball was coming to him, he couldn't get it to his wingers quick enough, and it felt like that tonight. Every time he got the, like on sorry on Friday night, every time he got the ball, he just wanted to pass it. He didn't run, he had fuck all metres, he didn't break any tackles, no line breaks, no line break assists. I'd love to see the last time that happened in a carry Ponga game because I guarantee you, even against Cronulla, you always get something. If we win or lose against them, it's generally on the back of some of his brilliance.
1: Yeah, spot on. And I mean, watching on Friday night, now I did watch first half. I had good reception this week on the train, so I watched the majority of it. But the second half... Usually when Ponga touches the ball, I'm on edge. I'm like, fuck, what's this guy going to do? You know, the going can do something ridiculous. He'll go missing for six weeks and turn up. I didn't feel that once. I didn't feel like Bradman Best was a problem. You know, Dane Gagai is a pretty handy centre. I'd go so was, far as to say... He was the only one that I was worried about when he got the ball. Yep. Now, he he broke a lot of tackles, and but for every one he broke, Talakai broke three. So... To put him out of the game in both attack and make him a liability in defence, Talakai can put that in his pool room, honestly. We made merchandise when we flogged him up there last time. We should make merchandise of that 17 tackle breaks. I'd buy one.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. If rugby league week still existed and they were giving performances out of 10, Talakai would have got a 10 out of 10 for that game. He was flawless.
1: Spot on. He... Dally Cherry Evans was really good. Ryan Papenhausen was really good. They top three this week. And I'm putting Talakai number one.
0: I would I would say uh Mitch Moses deserves uh some credit as well for beating up the Dragons. Um, but yeah, Talakai was hands down player of the week. You know, the, a performance like that from a center, 230, 220 thirty two hundred and twenty metres, seventeen tackle breaks against an origin quality player, and Dan Gagai. <laughs> You know, whilst he doesn't get the accolades of the centre of the year because he's not flashy, if you ask people who the top centres are in the game, Dan Gagai's name's going to be thrown out 10 out of 10 times.
1: Well, yeah. Souths have turned, their left edge turned absolute shit since Gagai's left. That's not a coincidence.
0: No, absolutely not. Now, let's talk about our forwards. Because okay? I'm still in awe of Dalvin Hukin. I cannot believe this guy plays for us.
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. He's got such a get-on-my-back-and-follow-me attitude. And I absolutely love that. We haven't had that since Paul Gallen retired. Like, we've had some good forwards, don't get me wrong. And for as much as I love Wade Graham, he's a leader in that he's an intelligent bloke and he's really good with his footwork and this and that. Dale Finucane says, fuck it, guys, follow me. I'll smash him. we'll win. You can't teach that.
0: I will say this. It was an off night for Dale Finucane because on Friday
1: night, he missed the same amount of tackles in that game that he'd missed all year. That's terrible. Maybe he needs a run in the Jets, mate. Yeah, I
0: know. Now, Dan, if I was to say to you, there was a game involving the Sharks or the Knights and someone missed 45 tackles, who would you say it was? Oh, Cronulla, every week. Right. It was the Knights this time. They missed 45 tackles. Cronulla only missed 19. Now, last week we went through our middle forwards as to their missed tackle count. Let's do it again because it's seriously fucking impressive, right? Cam McInnes off the bench, 28 from 28. Aidan Tolman. Off the bench, 28 from 28. Andrew Fafida, off the bench, 11 from 11. Unheard of. remarkable. Our starters, Dale Finucan, 32 from 34. Like, hang your head in shame, Dale.
1: You missed two tackles, you bum.
0: Missed two tackles, mate. Like, what's going on there? Toby Rudolph, 33 from 34. That's Toby. i Toby-like. Brayden hamlin 21 from 22. Blake Braley, 37 from 40. Now, with the Blake Braley ones, I had a look at the, the missed tackles that he made. All three of them were first contact on Daniel Saifidi to slow him down. James Maloney like, put his body in the way, got bumped out of the way, but it was enough for Dale Finucan to come around and hit his legs. Three times it happened, same play. So, Finucane took a run, Braley put his body in the way, Fanukin came in and chopped his legs.
1: That, that's brilliant. The defensive resolve in this team, I'm sure you saw earlier the, um, the day in Gagai, video which was yeah. absolutely outstanding just quietly. He said, Give me the ball, I'm gonna run at Moylan and Moylan fucking axed him and put him to the ground. You hear Gagai go, Ugh Well not Priest only him. that, because Moylan held him up and the caloric guy calls <laughs> him and hits him in the ring, <laughs> it, it was beautiful. It was poetic. Last year he ran straight through Moylan.
0: Yeah. And, this, and 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 Moylan as well, like the formula he's in here showing Nico Hines, which is something hard to do but um that video that you talk about of Dan Gagai, like, at the end of the game, saying to Moylan it's great to see you doing your thing, hugs Talagai and he's like, you're way too strong, like, how do you do it? Ronaldo, you know, he's hugging all of them. Will Kennedy, the embrace there, the two boys that spend a lot of time in the Indigenous camp together. We need more footage of that from Fox. Yeah. Like, that's the footage we need.
1: Absolutely we do. You put the you put the mic on good players. I mean, Gagai cops all of grief, you know, his, his early career stuff. But, I mean, he's a, he's a top top player and a top bloke. And he's he is supposed to boy for turning it around. So I'm, I'm really yeah, happy yeah. to see that.
0: Now, we mentioned the player here, Nico Hines. People have turned around and said oh, it's an off night. It's an off night. Yeah, it was. It was an off night for Nico Hines, but he still kicked us out of trouble. He still defended well. He still had two line break assists, which led to tries. Now, his goal kicking, people have turned around and said, oh, his goal kicking is an issue. No, it's not. No, it's not all right. Away from home, Canberra and St. George, he's 9 out of 10. He's 90% away from home. He's had to go to Shark Park in swirling wind and he's kicked two from eight. So don't worry about what he's done at Shark Park. One of the kicks, he turned around the referee and said, this is pointless. Why am I Why am I taking this shot at goal? Nico Hines is a good goal kicker. The conditions in Cronulla are not favorable. Thurston's not kicking that. Smith's not kicking that. Johns, El Masri, they're not kicking that. Nico Hines wasn't kicking it either.
1: Well, mate, how many conversions did Newcastle make on the weekend?
0: Exactly right.
1: Exactly right.
0: You're absolutely right there. Now, let's talk Let's talk the stats, the main stats that count. Meters, 1,929 to Cronulla, 1,268 to Newcastle, 14 offloads to five. Now, the offloads are creeping in for Cronulla now. Not last year, we said we had a problem containing the offloads. This year, we're offloading too much. Five line breaks to one, uh, 19 missed tackles to 45. We made 13 errors though, 13 errors. Two of them were kicks out on the full, you live with that, uh, and penalties, we received eight penalties, the Knights received six, so we absolutely dominated them all over the park and it showed it on the scoreboard as well. In fact, I was really worried at the end of the game that Newcastle were going to get a scabby try to make that look, a, look closer than it was, but... In theory, Cronulla deserved one more just to show the dominance.
1: Yeah, look, it was it was a 28 nil game for mine. Uh, look, I, I can't believe those those stats, brilliantly compiled. What I can't believe is that we're averaging about six line breaks a game, un-Cronulla-like, and we've got the equal best defence. After a month, we're not talking an 8-6 fluke like the Bulldogs got in North Queensland or North Queensland got against Bulldogs at home, like in monsoonal weather. We played Parramatta for fuck's sake. We played the Knights, who routinely run up a score against us for lols. You know, this, these are these are stats. I mean, the Dragons, you don't look too much into. And Cam, I mean, Canberra in is dangerous. They're undefeated down there too. So, mate, honestly, if you if you've given me where we're at now in the preseason, I'm taking it all the time. It's a shame we lost in round one, but it's a forgotten moment. I,
0: right? I remember a distinct conversation with you in the preseason, saying after you know because there's twenty five rounds now and saying that you put you put your weeks in the blocks of five. And at the end of the first five rounds we said that if we were three and five we'd be happy. We should be four and five at the end of this weekend and we should be stoked with that. Here's a stat for you though, dear. Oh, here we
1: go. Here's a stat. The <laughs> Sharks and Knights
0: was teams three versus four. Now team three won and at the end of the round we're fourth.
1: Uh, just rugby league.
0: I love it. I love the unpredictability of obviously the Dragons got flogged and the Bulldogs just didn't turn up. And, you know, with all due respect to the Bulldogs, they're probably not going to turn up for the rest of the year they either. Fuck both those um, sides,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, that game just it – it, it showed why I said it was like 2016-like and the feeling that you get from 2016-like is we're bashing them in the forwards, we've got an incredibly talented back line, and... Um, our defence is, you know, absolutely on par and we do enough. We scramble, you know, we compete on every play. Like the, the kick that they put in, Nico Hines runs back and gathers that. I don't, want to, I don't want to kick Sean Johnson because I absolutely loved him when he was with us. But, you know, Sean Johnson's playing halfback for us and that kick goes in, he doesn't chase that back. No, no. He's, and Chad Townsend probably trips over chasing that back.
1: He certainly does and then gets in. Yeah, mm. and
0: so, and even now, Moylan, like, I'm glad that Moylan's playing on the left side next to Teague Wilton because I don't want to run at that. And, he, you know, Matt Moylan was there. Why Gagai decided to run at him? And it was off a scrum play. I later figured it out. I went back and watched that to think, why would you run at him? Yeah, Teague Wilton on one side, Talakai on the other. I'm going on the other side and running at Nico Hines and Nakora. Like, that was just a bad call.
1: Yes, <laughs> on. Mate, speaking of Nakora, his best game in a long, long time. His best game since 2019. Like, that was phenomenal from him. He was really good. Yeah. It was, it,
0: you know, like, I, I'm, I'm an unbiased uh, Brit Nacora basher, and I don't care if he leaves us, right? I really do not care if he leaves us. If he stays, I'll be stoked, because I know there's a player in him, but we don't get it enough. But if we can get that performance from Brit, Brit core every single week, where he's making the tough runs out of our end, his defence is good, He's putting his hands up for multiple work. He's busting tackles. He's making breaks. He's putting Jesse in away. He had an opportunity to pass the ball to, uh, to Katoa. You know, we're probably going to result in another try, but he held on to it. Fair enough. Terrible conditions. Let that one slide. But that's that's the of performance that matches what Teague Wilton and Talakai are doing on the other side of the field. And that keeps the core in the
1: team. Yes, but on it does. I, I thought he was real good. And you know, I, I sort of made a... You know, you watch certain players, you know, the players that have either been really good or, or not so good, you sort of watch for these sorts of moments. Mate, I was really impressed with Nakora and I agree, if he's gonna play like that every week, you know, you can't you can't play it that little every week, but that should be the standard.
0: Yeah. Now being some humble pie all week here, but Blake Bradley since his first half against Canberra has been absolutely sensational. Mate. For Mullen, top three hookup. On form at the moment. He
1: absolutely snooked you in with that first half in Canberra. I still maintain he did that on purpose just to piss you off. Mate, he's been incredible. He's running. is like I, I got the feeling in, in like last year he'd think, oh, I haven't gone for a run in a while. I'll go now. And it's like, why, why'd you run? You should have passed. And other times it's there. He's like, no, nah, I went for a run, so I'm not going to run. Now, if he sees it, he fucking goes. And he's whip it quick. And the way he's holding the ball out in front looks, you know, it's... I won't compare him to Harry Grant, but he's got a bit of Harry Grant about him at the moment. His little kicks behind the line had the full box backs waiting because you could see Ponga pointing at him when he had a ball down down the air end towards the end. You know, that those little things, mate, That you just didn't see that last week. I think it's got a lot to do with confidence, and I have no doubt Sir Fitz has sat with him and said, hey, look, you're a superstar, mate. You, you made your, your name, your reputation on running. Let's see that come into your game. Every time he takes off now, he's making 10, 12 metres. A few six against from memory on the weekend, maybe even a penalty. But the fact that he gets thin, he plays the ball really quick, especially for a little bloke. And then the next one rolls on. So you're really making 20 metres off his one run. Super, super impressive.
0: Yeah, and and just what you pointed out there about his kicks in behind the line as well. That was the whole reason for the Aidan Tolman try. Great ball – Suicide run by Aiden Tolman, knew exactly what he was doing running at Saifida he wasn't back on the line, sure would have been a penalty had he not been back there, uh, had he not got that ball down. But you could tell Ponga was in two minds as to whether the grubber kick was coming or whether a spread was coming, which just allowed Tolman so much time because Ponga was telling his defenders to push across field so he could stay back which gave Tolman a running start, one-on-one against an offside player, and he pushed him across the line and scored. And a great put-down by Tolman as well.
1: Yeah, he was. He slammed it down, slam-dunked it. But, mate, that, that looked like a big shift. Like, but we've seen that play last year, and you hit an ambling Tolman rather than a coming-from-the-back-fence Tolman. He wanted to score in his 300s, mate. He would not be denied.
0: And I'm still seeing people online saying that Tolman's got to be dropped when Wade Graham comes back. No. How?
1: Undroppable. Like, like,
0: yeah, Tolman hasn't missed a tackle this year. It's, it's because you know it's because he's not doing the Braden-Hamlin-Neweli hit-ups or he's not doing the braden hamlin Newelly tackles, but he's not missing tackles, and he's still making 100 metres off the bench. What more do you want from a bloke on
1: minimum wage? Yeah, spot on. It's that work that goes unnoticed. You know, every team's got one. And, and you need those. I mean, Chris Hyington in 2016. Name a highlight. You can't. But if he doesn't play, we don't win that competition. That's Jadon Tyson. I'll, I'll
0: say this to you now. Like, if you're giving me the, the – a couple of years ago when, when Tolman signed, we, we were talking to James Tarmo. And I wanted James Tarmo just for his leadership over Tolman. If you gave me the opportunity now to swap Tolman for Tamo, I'm not doing it. I'm probably not swapping him for Alex Twill either. And there's not many people from the Tigers pack coming up that I'm talking for. But I had a look at the other bench forwards going around the NRL at the moment, and there's not many bench props I'd swap Aidan Tolman for just for the, the role that he does.
1: There you go. It's about role. Not everyone has to be breaking 30 tackles a game and make 400 metres. You need those players. And, you know, Fafita's doing his bit too. You know, I... It's, I
0: it's, it's the same people wanting him dropped to the same people wanting Cam McInnes started. What do we sign Cam McInnes for on this big long-term deal if he's not going to start? One, because he's coming off a shock and knee injury. And two, because he's doing his role to perfection. The last two weeks, he hasn't missed a tackle. This week, he made over 100 metres. He ball played into the line. What more do you want? Like, you don't go and change that winning formula. Toby Rudolph is in career best form. Braden hamlin newell is in career best form. Dale Finucane is one of the best forwards going around in the NRL at the moment. You don't take them back just because you want Cam McInnes in there. You leave it until we lose a game, until we get annihilated, until there's an injury happening, and then you reassess. But right now, we're bringing McInnes' minutes up, and he's one of the most effective forwards for us.
1: Sport on, mate. It's it's roles. You can have all the superstars in the world, but if they don't play their part, you don't win premierships. It's just it's fucking um, rugby league. The, the, the
0: example of this from outside of our club is Liam Martin. Liam Martin could go to any other team and be a star, but he plays that role on the right edge protecting Nathan Cleary, and he's become an Origin player for that role, and he plays the same role in Origin. Let's exactly. get out there and protect Nathan Cleary. Exactly right. It's, not, as you said, not everyone can be Dale Finucan or Nico Hines, but you need more Tolmans and McInnes's, you know, to go in and back them up.
1: Exactly right, oh, mate. If you, know, you score 30 out? points, but you concede 36, you know, in many games...
0: There's, there's a spot, there's a spot in our team for Aiden Tolman, regardless of who and when someone comes. Like I'm not bringing Jack Williams back in there, such as the form of Aiden Tolman. And Cam McInnes coming off the bench gives us the flexibility to shuffle players around. But also as well, I think Sir Fitz is also looking at Brayley and his workload, and later on going, oh, you know, maybe we can bring McKinnis into it to start bringing some minutes in. We don't need to do it yet. You don't change a winning formula. You just change your game plans.
1: Spot on. Couldn't agree more. And I definitely wouldn't bring Jack Williams in after that performance on Saturday. Whoa. Whoa. No, people are going.
0: Well, when's Pele going to play? When's Williams going to play? Never. Yeah. <laughs> Never, ever, ever, ever. And Jack Williams was one of our best forwards last year, but he had a bit of the he had a bit
1: of the hands again. He said he had a had a lot of the hands again, mate. It was a, a pretty pretty shitty game on Saturday, to be honest. But we won. Yeah. Now, now, not only did we win
0: that. We flogged them in Jersey flag. We beat them in uh, New South Wales Cup. But also the Glebe Dirty Rats, they're still undefeated as well. So whatever we're doing from top to bottom, our SG ball team going well. Our Howard Matts team's is going well. Our girls are probably going well. Our junior comp, that's probably killing it as well. Uh, but, yeah, we're, it's sensational. Now, before, before we preview the upcoming game, Against the West Tigers, Dan. I need to bring up a topic that's just burning me at the moment. Please. It's people now who wanted our board sacked after we got rid of John Morris, how do you think they're feeling, Dan?
1: Um, humbled. I, I think. Um, without going too deeply into it, I think the board got it right, mate. I think
0: the board absolutely got it spot on. Now, I, I don't, I don't like, you know bringing up skeletons in the closet or whatever. But this is a fun subject to go ahead because myself, you, Paul, uh, Matt Howard and, and the rest of our Sharks boys on Twitter, we were really staunch defending the club when we sacked John Morris because, you know, obviously the, the option of bringing Josh Hanna in turned out to be a bit of a sucky one. But, you know, we knew that they were going to get it right with the, the impact of Sir Fitz. But yeah, it's like everyone who was turning around and going. Dino Mezzatesta needs to hand his resignation in straight away. The club's in a shambles. Molly was kicking us. You know, there's going to be a player revolt. The members are going to speak next year when they don't re- so re- don't re- uh, sign on or renew their memberships or whatever. Fuck off.
1: <laughs> get get you know, royally like, fucked. We
0: are fucking rolling now. Like as a club, it is like so much fun just to see. The development getting closer and closer. We're now reading about that we're going to get some money for a grant for the upgrade of the stadium, long overdue. We're winning football games. It doesn't look like we're going to concede very many tries this year. We're going to win games. We're going to play finals football again. The club turned around and said, bring in Fitzgibbon, bring in these players. We want to be top four every year. We want to be a premier club. It looks like we're doing it. It looks like the board got it right. I know it's and fit. In the preseason, we got flogged by the Panthers, and people on Facebook were going, I bet you John Morris is sitting at home having a beer with his finger in the air, waving it around, going, I told you so, and the board didn't get it right.
1: Fucking preseason, mate. Mate, preseason doesn't count. John Morris is doing real well at South. We're doing very well. Now, look, it is early, and the wheels can still fall off. But like I said, we're perfectly positioned. On the zero tackle power rankings, which everyone should check out and like, by the way, I got a second, only to Penrith. Because, you know, we beat the Eels, who have at three, and the storm got done by the Eels, who we beat at four. So in terms of happiness, obviously Penrith, number one, I have a feeling they're going to run away with it. But if you offer me now, Manly are gone. I don't think the Roosters are up to it, and I think Sears are going backwards. It's us, Parramatta, and Melbourne. Again, it's very early, but we have, we have the great man in charge. Things are good. The culture shifted. This is more, more about the future and as you said, building a top-four side every year, then, oh, 2021 sucked. Who gives a fuck? We were never going to win the premiership anyways. It was a gap year. We said it from the preseason. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like,
0: 2021 didn't count. No. And, you know, if, we win a, if we win a premiership in the next three years, everyone, no, no one's going to turn around and go... But do you remember twenty twenty one?
1: That's yeah, that's no. right. It was a horrible year.
0: Remember in twenty twenty one when we fucking signed Fitzgibbon and Finuc and This is why we won the premiership.
1: Exactly right, mate. I'm getting shirts made up, literally, when we win that title. Yeah. The board were right. Yeah, the board were
0: right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just, I, I, it, you know, it's, it's kicking, it's flogging a dead horse, but fuck, it's fun.
1: It is fun. It's very enjoyable, mate. We deserve this. We copped a lot of shit last year, and we deserved it. So this year, I'm loving every fucking second.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of loving every second, Dan, this weekend we play the West Tigers at Shark Park, 4 o'clock on a Sunday, free-to-wear game. Conditions are meant to be dreadful again at Shark Park. Wouldn't have it any other way. And then i to be there for the first time this year, sitting in my seats, can't wait to watch Nico and Finucane these are one of the games in the in the past years where you turn around and go, "Well, we've put in two good performances, and now we're playing someone's shit. We're probably going to lose."
1: Not this year, mate. Not a couple of years ago. You now I don't, can't remember what year it is, but I'll never forget the day. Because the day that that puts that asshole Chad Townsend, who's put on this earth to fuck me, threw that intercept pass when we should have smashed the Bulldogs. You now I hold him personally responsible, and I'll never let him hear the end of it, nor should I. But we should have never been in the position where we needed to score in the last minute. We should have won by 40, as we should on the weekend. Now, I don't care if we win by 10 or we win by 40. As long as we win and win well. You said on the show, once again, that everyone should watch, Rugby League Outlaws, of Media, that if the Tigers score, you'll be disappointed. I'm right there with you, mate. If we don't beat them by two tries, at least, I think we've underperformed. And when can you say that about the Sharks? Yeah, and just to pin you up with that, Chad Townsend didn't
0: throw the intercept. He had a four-on-one, could have took every option and he kicked the ball into the in-goal area.
1: Oh, God. Don't remind me, Terry. I've spent hours of therapy trying to get that out of my head.
0: It was 2019 because round one 2019, eight all against the Newcastle Knights. He had three other options and he threw the intercept. Edric Lee got it and scored under the post.
1: <sighs> Look forward, not back, Terry. Oh,
0: I'm looking at this game against the Tigers, right? And this game to me, and I've put it online, and I've said, I don't care how many points we score in this game. I care about how many we concede. Because if if we score 36 points but concede 16, I'll be fucked right off. Like, yes, we've won. We've put 20 points on our four and against. I get that. And four and against is going to be big because there's going to be a jam in the top eight again or for the top eight spots. So, you know, getting our four and against up early – we got Melbourne next week as well. But if we score 36 points and the Tigers only score 6, or the Tigers score 4 or 0, or they take an early penalty, that's a performance. That's what we need. You can't go and play the Newcastle Knights and hold them to 0 in atrocious conditions and then come up against this West Tigers team who would get absolutely fucking annihilated by Newtown and allow them to score more than two tries.
1: Absolutely agreed. They're a horrible team. And normally I'd watch what I say because fear of jinxing it. But this year I'm not worried, mate. If we lose, it'll be a fucking travesty. They don't have any points in them, as we saw against the Titans. Now, don't get me wrong, I I rate the Titans quite highly. They're doing everything they fucking can to prove me wrong about that statement. But anyways, we're a better side than the Titans defensively and in attack. So this shouldn't be close. This should be over by half-time. This should be a game you look and think. Look, Dale's played big minutes like we did against the Dragons, let's take him off early. You know, Braley's had a few good runs, let's bring him off early. Put Trindle in, let's get some, let's get some minutes in Trindle's legs, you know. I, I'd be looking at 60 minutes if we're not up by three tries and willing, and able to, to put the minutes in the players. Yeah, look, it's going to happen, mate. It's going to be a big victory on Sunday. Anything less will be atrocious. I just checked the weather now. There is a little sun, I believe. I haven't seen it for a long, long time before today, but I believe it's a sun. From 4.10 onwards, I believe it's a sign. Now, unfortunately, because Dallas Savings is end, it's going to be fucking dark by 5.30, which sucks, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. But hopefully we're celebrating in the dark, mate.
0: Yeah, now, look, this this is a game, like, I, I, I can't help but feel nervous about this because the Tigers feel like us in 2009 and 2010, where they just drag you into a shitty game and try and beat you with horrible tactics and and niggle because they've got no talent. Like, in 2009, we won five games and just avoided the wooden spoon because the Cowboys capitulated. An early couple of try, like, if we can score early, you know, in, in inside the first five minutes of the game and then put another try on afterwards, it kills their spirits. But the longer it takes us to capitalise on them being a diabolical, revolting team and club, the more confident they're going to grow into this game. You know, if you, at the end of you know, 15 minutes into the game, if it's nil all, the Tigers are on top. Yeah. And that's that, that's the only way you can look at it. If it's nil all, 15 minutes into the game, the Tigers are on top. And if the Tigers are in front by 2, 4, 6, 10 after 15 minutes, sack the board.
1: Yeah, get rid of them. Fuck the board.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> get rid of them. To burn the shirts I've got in production. Look, this, this has a feeling for me of when we went to Leichhardt and we played them with everything on the line – and Paul Garland kicked the disrespect for field goal full-time. We were dragged down in that first half. You know, went in with the lead, came out the second half and fucking blew him away. I'm expecting something similar this week because, look, the Tigers have some players that can hurt yeah. Like, that Leilua has played really well against us before for the Dragons. Luke Brooks is due. He's had three shit seasons. He's due a good game soon. And if he's ever going to play well, it'll be against us just to piss us off. So there's, there's talent there. It's not like we're playing a bunch of bums, but... Compared to us, there's not a single player in that team that I would say, hey, they would make the Cronulla run on. Not one.
0: Not one. Absolutely. There, there, isn't, there isn't one. Um, yeah, it's like I keep I keep, I keep, looking at it going, is this a danger game? Is a, it's only a danger game if we've got the wrong mentality. But if Fitz is treating them saying these guys have the potential to be a top-18, you've got to go out there and play hard and tackle hard and make your runs and don't give away shitty penalties – and don't get involved in their niggle. Like, if they want to sit there and give away six against, don't retaliate. You know, if you drop the ball and they come up and rub your face, or you just got to walk away. Get it out of your head. You know, give yourself a bit of an uppercut. Don't give them an uppercut. You know what I mean? Like, don't give them an inch into this game. Because if you give the Tigers an inch, this is probably the week where they're going to want to take a fucking mile and drag you over the try line. We've got to be on it and switched on like we were against the Dragons, like we were against the Knights. And that second half against the year was like, we've just got to be completely on our game here.
1: Yeah, mate, if this is a good game, we win by a long way. If it's a shit game, the Tigers are right into it because I had the Titans winning by an absolute fucking canter on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I think I think the issues with the Titans is they, they're they trying to put players into positions that don't work. Like, I know you're AJ Brimson's biggest fan, but he's not a 5'8". He is a fullback through and through. I think with us, we've got our positions right. It's now about... You know, can Moylan keep his focus for the entire game? Can Nico Hines, if he puts in a poor kick or throws a pass that doesn't go where it's supposed to be, can he bounce back from that quickly? Because really, the Tigers shouldn't get anywhere near our try line. No, they don't have the they don't have the forward pack to hurt us. They don't have a kicking game to hurt us, and they've got one they've got one back who's six foot four and can jump in the air. But if
1: you don't get if if they're not near our try line. Ken Marlowe's not a factor. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's very tall, but that's about it. Look, Nafaluma's had a field day against us, but I checked his stats earlier. He's made a lot of metres, but he hasn't really blown us apart. I'll give him 200 metres if it doesn't make a, you know. I just made, I can't think of a single forward on their side that worries me. Often think Gowie can play. You know, twal has got a lot of raps. Fuck, fuck knows why. I just is the only one who worries me, mate.
0: I'll tell you, there's been a shift on the Tigers forum because when we named our team to play the Knights, uh, the Tigers, they've got all their games coming up on their forum up until round 10. And there was a comment in there saying, geez, I hope Talakai is up against James Roberts. And now he's put that performance in against Dan Gagai. they turn around going, "Buck me dead, James Roberts is in for a bath. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he literally, if he marks up on James, Roberts, Roberts has got the speed, but he can't tackle
1: no, we can't. I, I know where I'm going early and often. If I'm the Sharks this weekend, it's straight at James Roberts.
0: He's next to David Norfaluma. Like, that's just him fighting points.
1: Yeah, look, it certainly is. I'd, you know, first try scorer,
0: that side. Yeah, yeah, someone, someone, uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo should get a hat trick.
1: Yeah, he should. I'm bringing him into fantasy this week, mate. I left him out last week by accident. I went Bradman Best over him and Ronaldo tunned up. Fucking dumb. I deserve to lose.
0: Um, score
1: prediction.
0: Twenty-eight six. Yeah, I was going to say thirty to six, but that probably means we've scored about seven or eight tries, and Nico hasn't kicked a goal. <laughs> um, I think the Tigers, like they're probably, they're probably going to jag an arsy try from a lack of concentration or the referee giving him a six again because he feels sorry for him, and they've been able to scab a kick out to Marlowe Other than that, you know. I, I can't see them troubling us.
1: They shouldn't. They shouldn't trouble us. We're, def- we're better than them across the park. And, mate, usually these games I sort of clench my ass as I walk in. This week, it's going to be unclenched.
0: I'm going to let it rip as I walk in, mate.
1: Your beauty.
0: Dan, I think we've covered everything that we need to from last week, the board, the players, the form we're in at the moment. If we're not 4-1 and one at the end of this weekend... I'm going to sack you from the podcast.
1: Look, that's absolutely fair, mate, and I would have it no other way.
0: Look, I'll sack you and I'll hire you again the next day.
1: But, yeah, well, that yeah, it's in the contract.
0: All right, well, if that's the case, mate, pins up, How Matt Moylan. Pins up,
1: Harold Nico Hines.